RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Welcome again to Closing the Distance here, RPC. We're excited about today. Always, these discussions are really great, but particularly excited because today's Halloween and staff got to dress up, and I dressed up as a clean-saving Bryce Harper. So all my Phillies gear on. And it's Jeff so annoying. I have to look at you 30 minutes. I'm forced <laughs> a trap looking at you. Could you turn oh. off your camera, please? No, we don't want to see Phillies. We don't want to see Phillies logos. The last time I was I was in closing the distance it was Lindsay interviewing me, and it was the day before the playoffs where Phillies were playing the Braves. And the co- only comments we got through in the chat was stinking Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, but we're still in it in the World Series, and Atlanta isn't. Yeah, I, it's really hard to even watch this World Series because, like, you can't root for the Phillies because it's the Phillies. You but, can because you you like me. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't really root for the Astros because a bunch of cheaters. Yeah, so they're cheaters, like... exactly. So, you know. I'll well, watch, anyway. I'll watch basketball. So, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Go Sixers. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You, you to, anyway. You need to well, teach welcome to everyone how, to, how to pass the ball. <laughs> Welcome to anyone who is joining us. If you're not interested in baseball or Philadelphia sports, we, we apologize in advance. But uh, this is closing distance RPC and discussion about the sermon and a, an opportunity to kind of go a little bit deeper. And so I'm Dan Christ. I'm one of the associate pastors here. And, and Jeff Myers is our senior pastor and been bringing, a, a, well, with you and Lindsay, a really powerful sermon series on kind of family matters and family meetings and, and thinking about things particularly in regard yesterday to giving. And so uh, I, it's, it's really important that we understand this. And I know that giving, particularly giving towards Christian ministries and the church and that kind of stuff for some people has a pretty negative connotation and, and yeah, is not seen particularly favorably because, I mean, you don't have to look very far to see some abuse, misuse and all that kind of stuff. And yet the way you kind of discussed the the issue of giving and what it means and kind of what it refers to I think was again really succinct but also uh, honest and genuine Um, and so you talk a little bit about the scripture passage you because I thought that's an unusual scripture passage to use when you're talking about about giving and and providing for the church and and the way that you kind of couch that in terms of like you know this is Paul being genuine with the family and just giving some practical advice. Just yeah. Unpack that a little bit more for us. 
Yeah. Well, first, Dan, thanks for saying that. I think one of the things I've always thought is if we're doing our ministry the way we are called to and need to be, we should be unapologetic about asking people to commit to give to it. Okay. We we're making a difference in people's lives. We're working our tails off. Um, you know, we're not cutting corners. We're doing, we're doing it for the right reasons. Okay. And then we're fully transparent in how we deal with our, with our finances. Um, you know, anybody can uh, get the church budget. They can look at where we're at. It's every, every session meeting, which is the elder board, the governing board of the, of the church reviews it. Um, so it's totally transparent. It's run by the congregation, by the leaders who've been voted on to uh, lead the congregation. So I think that's one of the things that allows me to be able to get up and talk really, hopefully, frankly, and transparently uh, about money. And I'm not trying to pull punches. I'm not trying to get cute. So, and that's one of the reasons I chose the kind of the uh, theme of family meeting that every family, whether it's the family you're born into or the family you choose, has to deal with the practical matters of who's going to take out the garbage, you know, who's going to pay the light bill, um, you know, who's going to pay the mortgage, who's going to buy groceries, who's going to get clothes. Like these are practical things that are required that people need to do. And you can avoid them as long as you want, but eventually they're going to come up. And somebody's going to have to step up. And so I feel like over the past, you know, four or five weeks, I've just wanted us to be able to say, here's some of the practical things that somebody's going to have to step up and take care of if we're going to do what we were called to do. And I think people have responded to that. Um, if you're just really truthful um, and straightforward about it. And so when I was looking at the various texts for our family meeting servant series, one of them I really wanted to be was a practical fundraising text. Um, and I found this great uh, uh, passage by um, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, where he just says like nuts and bolts about it. He's like, okay, I understand. I don't want to show up and we're going to have to take up one big collection and we'll have to do like, you know, a crusade or big fundraising event or, you know, I'll have to twist arms. He says, no, just every week, the first day of the week, if you have some extra, set it aside, keep saving, keep doing it every week. And over time, he knew compound interest. He knew how, knows how it's going to compound. Then bring it all together. When I arrive, we'll have a large sum to take to the church in Jerusalem. And I just love that practical advice. Yeah. So the, the practicality of it suggests that, again, rather than us kind of having our heartstrings tugged, remember back in the, the 80s and 90s, you used to see all those, those commercials, you know, Save the Children and world vision with kid, poor kids with flies on their faces to kind of tug at your heartstrings and say, all right, you guys, your, your life is good. You need to kind of give sacrificially, which is nothing wrong with that. But this, this scripture in particular is like, no, this is kind of a regular discipline. You use that word yesterday. Like it's a habit or a practice recognizing that, you know, everything that we have comes from God and a portion of it needs to return so that God's kingdom can can advance. We can support others in need and and do continue to grow ministry. And so yeah. that was the was the practicality of it that I thought was really I, we brought out really well yesterday. Well, thanks. And I think that was one of the things as I reflected on the text and prayed about the message. I thought we don't think about generosity as a discipline. We think of it as like you were saying, like giving out of our, having our hearts, heartstrings tugged, or, um, you know, uh, we have this euphoria or, or somebody gives a really good sales pitch or whatever it might be. 
And I think, like you said, that's all fine and good. And I'm not shading on that. Um, but what I am saying is, but there's also this generosity that's a discipline we're called to. And Paul is just, I think, just says it so clearly and well in a very practical way. Um, and I grew up, I don't know about you, Dan, but I grew up in a family. I grew up in a Christian household and my parents believed in discipline, generosity. And so I was required, you know, to set aside, I think I got like wow. a dollar allowance and I set aside 10 cents, you know, the, the 10, the rule of thumb, 10% in, you know, to give to the church. And yep. that was something my parents did. And that's something I just grew up doing. And I, um, and I, and I did that. And I think that kind of just ingrained in me, this discipline to generosity. But then I've met a lot of folks that didn't get raised like that. Yeah. And they have to start working on that discipline of generosity. And a discipline is a habit, right? It's something, um, it's a, it's a action that we repeat. And the only way to start is to start today. Yeah. You know, and you're right. We often think of habits as things I'm trying to break a habit, but this is a habit that again, you're, you're trying to instill like this is a, a a habit for good. If you like. Yeah. And you're right. I call it virtue. Yes. I was raised the same way. Like as, as a child, it's like, Hey, this is, this is how it goes. This is, you know, it gives you, again, as, as a parent, we tried to instill that in our own kids. Like, you know, we recognize that all that we have comes from God and God desires us to return a portion of it. Yeah. I've heard of statistics and I don't know if you're familiar with this, but that if, if in the United States that Christians, just the Christians actually tithe, which is kind of, disciplined they're giving 10 percent that world hunger would be solved there'd be no issues like it's, it's staggering amount and and again i mentioned yesterday after you left you weren't there but in the modern service i said you know because yesterday we you know in, in addition to the sermon you gave it was kind of pledge sunday if you like where we're encouraging our congregation and all the different services to make a commitment for 2023 and that's that's difficult right? You're kind of projecting the future and saying, I don't, I don't know what the future is going to bring. So a lot of people are hesitant to do that. Mm-hmm. But the work of actually doing that is what you're saying. It becomes a habit or a discipline rather than, well, let me see what tomorrow brings. And if there's something left over, I can throw it on there. It's, that's a completely different thing. That's not a discipline. That's a, well, let me see how my life works out. And then I'll do what I can rather than saying, this is a priority to me, this is a habit or a discipline that I want to get into. And I, this is what I'm doing. I'm setting this aside and whatever tomorrow brings, that's already aside and I'll deal with what comes up, you know, in my own circumstances. And that, I, I think that's different. How, I mean, how do you, as, as someone who was raised understanding that discipline, how do you like other people to, to try and understand it? What do you do to try and help people kind of get their minds around that as a spiritual discipline? Yeah, so I, for people that don't have not cultivate, cultivated the discipline of generosity, I think it's important to really prayerfully discern, okay, what is God calling me to give, to start giving? You know, if it's 1%, 2%, if it's a half percent, whatever it might be, $20 a week, whatever, $10 a week, All right. whatever it might, start with some number and just start working on it. You know, start giving. And then the next year, up it say, well, that didn't hurt that bad. I can, I can raise it. Let's go from one to 2% or, or 5% to 6%, whatever it might be. Um, we, we, you know, we had a really good sales year. 
I'm going to give, uh, I know some folks at the end of last year, they came to me and said, Jeff, we, ha we have some, um, we had a really good year and we made more in commission than we thought we want to give a portion of it back. You know, is there any special projects? You know, at that time I was like, let's just give it to the general fund. Cause that's what we need. We put set some, some aside for mission, but like, that's, that's the kind of thing you can do if you build the discipline um, right. uh, of generosity, you know, and, and for most of us living in, you know, North Metro Atlanta and who worship at Roswell Presbyterian church, thank heavens. Most people don't struggle to put food on their table for their families. Yeah. And people are not ho hopefully, you know, and, and if they are, we have ministries to help them put food on the table. We have, you know, and that's one of our things we do, but it's predicated on that folks that do have extra that they give a portion of it back right. um, to God's ministry. Yeah. I think it's critical that you highlighted at the beginning too of this discussion that like our books, our PC books are open. Because yeah. again, I think those some inside the church, definitely those outside the church look and say, you know, they look back and say, oh, you know, Jim Baker or all these kind of things that were obviously they became multimillionaires based on supposedly like generosity or or giving to ministry and then they build these you know multi-million dollar houses and have all these fancy cars and you know Pamela Baker with her however many shoes she had and all, all that kind of stuff and it becomes kind of a a meme if you like yeah and so I mean it becomes difficult and and it's you know you as a head pastor you know it's it's you were you pulled no punches yesterday when you said hey this is what we need but it's not as if you're like hey i'm here to line my own pockets i hope you give because you know i need that i, I got that my eye on that beamer down the street or anything like that and right you know i and, think it's really important that we understand that we have a significant portion of of what comes into rpc goes out and it's all, all sorts of it goes out to ministry and mission to influence the world to help those in need in our immediate vicinity and around the world and a lot of people don't know that or, or remember that, you know, when I was hired, my terms of call, so my salary, you know, my health benefits, all that, every pastor who's on staff, it's a vote of the congregation to approve. And then it gets re-voted on every year um, for the congregation. So everything's transparent, right? And so I think that's helpful to see because, as you said, there's, there is a way you could exploit the process if it was if it's shrouded in mystery, if you couldn't, uh, if you didn't know what was happening. And so I think um, I'm really, that's one of the reasons I'm Presbyterian. I'm part of the PCUSA is I like how we do these kinds of things. And it's a, wow. it's a decision of the congregation, not of just one powerful individual. Um, and I think it's, it, a lot of people don't think about that, but uh, you know, when they go to church, they like the children's ministry, they like the music. They, but when, you know, when you're on this side of things, I think, working for the church, you like to know that things are transparent, done in a decently yeah. in an order way. Absolutely. So generosity or, or giving towards the, the ministry of, of the church or the work of, of God in this area is more than just kind of keeping, you know, keeping leaks out of the place and the lights on and the heat and air conditioning working and all that kind of stuff. So if you, if you have some dreams for the next year or two, if, people came in and said, man, we, we really want to be disciplined in our giving and we are going to set aside X amount. And, and, you know, the, for whatever reason, the coffers at RPC just started bursting at the seams. What are some of the dreams that you think like, this is how we could be impacting 
our community or what, how would we be investing that and using that? Yeah, a great question. So I think um, one of the uh, things that we're doing right now is we're launching, and you're on this team, we're, we have a strategic planning team that's been voted on and approved by the session that's going to kind of lay out a strategic plan for the next five years, okay? And I think some of those areas that we're going to decide upon, um, we really want to live into. So I think a couple of things I think we're going to see. Um, number one, we've really had to, had to transition to a lot more virtual ministry and online ministry than we ever thought possible. Well, that takes resources to technology, people to do the programming, to run it all, cameras, all this kind of thing. So I think that's one of the things we're going to continue to invest resources in. Second, RPC is a teaching church. And I think during the summer, we have a very robust intern program. College students, recent grads will come and work here. But I would love to see us even if invest more resources into that program to bring in mostly young people to come and serve here. Because there's not a lot of churches like RPC these days where you can come and you can, you can serve in mission you know, for a little while. You can come and serve in congregational care. You can meet with the senior, the primary preacher, you know, you can do children's ministry where they've got excellent people in all of these different areas that somebody can kind of discern, you know, wait, I hate me. I, I've done a lot of, I've had a lot of interns and I've had a number of interns who are like, oh my gosh, I hated working for the church. And I was like, that's a success, right? Now you're not going to be miserable. You know, you thought right. it was one thing when you did it actual on the ground, you found it was something else, you know, like people like people think oh you know working it as a church is just getting up in front of, in a pulpit and being able to preach you right. know have all these people listen and cheer you on it's like no they could get somebody to do that for free right where you earn your money is like all the emails you have to respond to right the tough decisions and so i think it's good for i think a place like rpc we could do um really uh really good ministry and really serve the broader church uh through something like that and then i would be um I'd be very mistaken not to mention, you know, if Dan, if somebody had, let's say three and a half, four million dollars and they could write a check for that, that's what it would take to pay off our mortgage debt. Um, and, you know, we pay about $300,000 every year to service that mortgage debt um, to pay for our building. We did a big campaign uh, before I was here to build a lot of the sanctuary that we currently have, the education wing, the children's area, and it's allowed us to grow and be a really vibrant church but we were not able at the time to pay it all off. And so we have this debt. And if we could take care of that debt, that would really free up a lot of ministry opportunities. So if you know of anybody who wants to strike a large check, I would be very grateful. I'll, I'll, you know, if, if they win the World Series, I'll send a message to Bryce and see what it wants to do. Bryce, yeah. Then all of a sudden, the whole church might all of a sudden be Phillies fans. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I would wear a Phillies jersey for that. <laughs> I'll bet you would. <laughs> so that's that's dreaming big. So talk about it for like a, a normal family, you know, whatever. You know, I got a couple of kids at home, or maybe I'm retired and my kids are empty nesters and all that kind of stuff. Talk about the, the discipline of you know, it's not just financial giving, that's part of it, but there's other ways to give to our time and our talents and our energy. And this church, I got to tell you, is a very giving church. We, we're about ready to have another uh, RPV for Wednesday night where we're, we're putting together some stockings and giving some stuff for local kids and 
it just we're inundated all the time you, we can't find donna buried under all the stuff that comes in and this happens consistently yeah so very generous in a whole lot of ways but again what does it look like on a kind of day-to-day basis based on the scripture or kind of what you you were teaching yesterday Be yeah generous. And, so, and during generosity we you know we you know we're always trying to recruit volunteers so i think like time um you know in our talents you know we're always kind of trying to get people to volunteer you know at the beginning of the school year we're trying to get sunday school teachers so we're really pushing time and talents but we're really uh, pushing treasure and really financial contributions during generosity just because it's hard to hit all of those and so i feel like let's just be really you know clear-eyed and full-hearted about it um about giving but i think for a family you know i think it's really helpful i think a lot of kids find their family's finances fairly opaque and I think to sit down with your with your kids and say, hey, this is how we budget. And part of the budgeting is we set aside some money to give to the ministry and mission of the church we're a part of. And we believe in it. We're a part of it. And this is how we do it. And I think, you know, what my parents did with me worked really well. You know, an allowance. I had my chores. You know, I took, I emptied the dishwasher. I, I still do at my house and I don't get paid for it anymore. <laughs> um you know i i had to uh take out the garbage Uh, i mowed the lawn you know like these kinds of things but then i was required to give a part of those resources back and i think that built in that that muscle memory was really helpful for me and so i think if you can start kids young that's really good as an adult um as you're thinking about it i think you know really prayerfully discern okay when i i've heard people say that if you look at, at your budget it's actually your mission statement and I think that, and I think that that's helpful to say. If I look at my budget, what's my mission statement? Well, is it all about my car? <laughs> you know that, that I, or is it all about my house? Or is it all about, um, you know, youth sports? Or is it all about uh, clothes? Is it all, you know, what 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 does it say about me? And that's I think a helpful check to look at and say, okay, where are, where do I, what do I really care about? Where am I putting uh, my the treasure of my life um, to make a difference? You know, and and I've, I've never been, I always try to say, we're not asking you to give everything, you know, this is, you know, and I know there's a lot of, you know, religious leaders that will, will ask for, you should be giving everything. And it's like, nah, I, you got to take care of things. We want you to have fun, you know, to go on family vacations, but don't forget God's ministry and mission here at Roswell Presbyterian Church. And if you're a member, you're part of this family. We need you. To, we need you to buy in. We need you to give. So you have a young son. I mean, Mem's probably a little young, but you know, how are we teaching Major about these things? Well, yeah. So, um, so he's probably about the age as he's going to be about four in January, right. and so we'll start teaching him about um, these kinds of things. But we've already started. I mean, he comes to Sunday school regularly. Um, and they do a lot of that, uh, uh, teaching kind of in general about that. Just, I mean, I mean, we're talking about fundamentally like sharing with his sister, like blocks right. become a huge thing. Like, yeah. you know, this poor, important. These are not all just yours. This house right. is not just yours. This is important for you to share. And, um, and I'm still working on it. I, you know, I'm, I'm a rookie, Dan, as a, as a father <laughs> of four adults now, uh, maybe you could give me some advice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm still working on it too. That's the thing. You know, they don't come out with a manual. Did you notice that? I know. Yeah, it was funny. They didn't make me, they didn't make me take any, well, they did take me like a, a birthing class. But other than that, there was like no parenting 
classes. Right. Yeah. It's so funny. So this this whole this whole sermon series then to kind of do we have one more in this sermon series? Yeah, so we'll do one more this coming Sunday. The the sermon title is A Family of uh, Second Chances. Huh. And what's the scripture reference for that? I think it's, you asked me this, I can't. I think it's, uh, it's a, a part in Colossians where it talks about loving one another, forgiving each other. Um, and so I think that's, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I have not written this um, series. Actually, I was thinking about Sunday. You know, Dan, I do, um, on Thursdays, I meet with the administrative staff and we do like about a half hour preaching team where I kind of deliver the sermon and they give me their feedback. And this past Thursday when I did it, they, I mean, and they're all women, they're just lovely, but they're mothers, wives, um, right. and also honest. And they right. had some really great questions for me. Jeff, that doesn't really make any sense. What did you mean here? Um, I don't know sure if that's really coming across. It was very helpful. So I had to kind of go, go back to, um, and do a pretty significant edit on Saturday. Actually, oh, wow. actually, my wife really helped me. Um, we cut out some big pieces and then you know, the stories I told, you know, she was involved in. So she want, had a little skin in the game. Yeah, uh, how, how it was going to be portrayed. But um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, so she, she, I, usually she doesn't help me uh, that much. She's like, that's your job. <laughs> you know, right. you know, I don't get paid for that. Right. And, uh, and so it was, it was fun for us to kind of work through some of these issues and questions um, as a couple. And then, and then she was there at 930 and she said, good job, Jeff. Cause, oh, nice. cause if it wasn't good, she would have said, Oh, absolutely. You should have worked harder on that. <laughs> so if, if someone is, you know, is still wanting to understand more, you know, this whole generosity thing and giving and the, the spiritual discipline of giving is relatively new to them, where would you suggest, you know, they read or who are people within our congregation with whom they might have a discussion? Where would you kind of send them to kind of continue to work and, and learn? Well, I think one of the pastors would be a great place to start. I also think we have a, a, a financial resources ministry, which is responsible for, um, you know, maintaining the budget um, and watching it. So I think the members of that um, team are really strong when it comes to financial issues and especially how it relates to spirituality. And then I think, um, you know, there's, I think Adam Hamilton's got a good book on, uh, on, on kind of stewardship um, practices. Um, and then I think, I think, uh, you know, scripture is just a great place. And, and to read scripture, not as if there's like this spiritual thing out there. And then there's like this mundane stuff that's right. physical and it's not very spiritual. No, that's all together. That's, that's, you know, and what I do with my finances is just as important as what I do with my prayer life or my yeah. work, my church attendance, you know, whatever it might be. So. And that was what was so clear about the scripture yesterday. You know, it was just a practical matter. You know, like, this is spiritual discipline, but this is how you do it. And it's very practical. And so, yeah, again, I think we, we, you're right. We do tend to kind of compartmentalize those things. And there's my spiritual life. And then there's my, my, you know, day to day life. And in Paul's writing and most of, most of scripture, those things are not separate. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no divide. Yeah, there's one yeah I love two. that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, and I just love those passages in Scripture where you're, where it's like, oh, Paul's writing to people, and he's wrestling with the same problem we do. Like, 
it's his generosity season. Yeah. He's like, okay, we, we got a need here that we've got to meet. Yeah. It's not going to get, and Paul's like, I can't do it by myself. Yeah. The only way we're going to do it is if we all gather to collective action. And, um, and I just love that Pete, you know, they'd lot like, that's what I love. They lost their initial enthusiasm. Well, yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. I'm going to write my pledge, you know, write my commitment for 2023, right. some number. And then I'm like, when it comes to like July, 2023, I'm going to be like, how much did I say I was going to get? Yeah. What was I thinking? You know, <laughs> and, I think, uh, and I think that's just such a human predicament. And yeah. I love that, that Paul was wrestling it with that just as much as we do. Yeah. Which you're right, it's encouraging, but it's also a little disheartening. You think after 2000 years, we'd have figured it out by now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not so much. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate again, your, your just candor with, with this issue, which is, again, a pretty sensitive and touchy issue for some people. I know it's not one you're like, oh, good, you know, it's stewardship season. I get to talk about people giving. That's uncomfortable for people in leadership. And yep. so, uh, you know, I appreciate the way that you kind of deal with it. And, and again, recognize that you, you as the kind of lead pastor are, are trying to help all of us grow in our spiritual understanding and our spiritual life. And that this is a part of it. And it's not something we should ignore or pretend isn't there because it, it does has a huge impact on our own growth and maturity as, as followers of Christ. So that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks. Dan. Excellent. And I mean, and, and if you're not, you know, if you're not busy the next three nights, you know, we're playing in Philadelphia. So, you know, we can go and just, you know, go Phillies. And we don't want the Astros to win. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we can't. Right. So I want to see a good series. Let's go. Let's go seven games. Okay. That that's it might be a little stressful for me, but we'll we'll see what we can do. I'd like to go five because the last two against against Atlanta and San Diego. They split away and then swept at home, and that was the end of it. Five would be great. All right. I don't know, man. Astros are tough. Uh, they're I, everyone. I mean, including me, was like, "There's no way." <laughs> <laughs> but they said that against. I mean, Atlanta on paper is a better team. So is San Diego. So you never know. That's you why get you in, play the game. You get them in that cauldron in Philadelphia, and it's you know, it's, those it's people are crazy. Yeah, the city of brotherly love. I don't yeah. really care. No, yeah, I wouldn't be going there, you know, wearing anything other than Phillies gear. Let's just say, <laughs> <laughs> not expecting to live. So true. <laughs> well, thank you again, Jeff. I look awesome, forward to the sermon next week. And this whole series has been excellent. So I appreciate your uh, your walking us through your your thinking behind this today. So thanks, thanks everyone for listening. Again. Yeah. All right. I'll see you soon, man. Yep. Bye-bye.